Well, good evening, Patriots, Freedom Fighters throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world. So, um, <clears throat> I'm banned on Facebook again. Uh, I shared one of Laura Lynn's links um, that they initiated the banning with that post. Uh, Laura Lynn, of course, didn't get banned. But I appealed it, and I won. And then they found another post that they didn't like, and they ended up banning me for another 30 days. So it is what it is. Uh, so I really need you guys to share this out. Um, right now, it's only going to show me whatever viewers there are on YouTube. We're also streaming to Twitter. We're streaming to Rumble. We're streaming to Odyssey. And we're streaming to DLive. And we're streaming to Liberty. So we still got five platforms that we're streaming to. Uh, it's just not going to show in the in the viewers in the top left corner. The only one it's going to show there is is YouTube. Um, so it is what it is. We'll we'll do what we can. Um, so a couple of things before we get started. Uh, of course, as you guys have probably seen, myself and Salim Mansour are going to talk a little bit about the Trump raid and and really what that represents, what it means. Um, and, and sort of discuss that. Um, but a couple of things before we get there. Um, tomorrow, I'll be in Moose Jaw. I'll be speaking there, sharing the stage with Art Lucier, who I appreciate invited me to speak, and as well as Nadine Ness will be joining us. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, that's at the festival, music festival. Um something freedom fire faith freedom and faith fire and freedom i don't know something like that uh but it looks like it's very well attended to this point um so i'm really looking forward to being there uh so we'll see you there tomorrow night at about seven i think we hit the stage and uh <clears throat> and then back to saskatoon on sunday we have a, a rally nadine ness is hosting a, a rally um in saskatoon at rotary park um, at two o'clock Sunday afternoon. So I'll be there as well. Hope to see many of you there if you're in Saskatoon or area. Um, the other thing I got to mention is we are embarking on a tour, um, starting in Alberta, starting in Edmonton on the 7th of September. Um, Edmonton on the 7th, Red Deer on the 8th, Calgary on the 9th, Medicine Hat on the 10th, Lethbridge on the 11th, and then we'll sneak into British Columbia. We'll do um, Cranbrook, Castlegar, uh, Grand Forks, Trail, or is it Trail, then Grand Forks? I, don't know, I can't remember. Uh, Penticton, 
Kelowna uh, Salmon Arm instead of Vernon. Uh, we'll do Salmon Arm, and then we'll head over to Kamloops, do a night in Kamloops, up to Prince George, do a night in Prince George, and then head over to the West Coast and hit Terrace, and then Prince Rupert. And then we're hoping to make it up to the Whitehorse Yukon. Um, you know, it looks like we have people in every one of the places I've mentioned so far that's going to help us put this together. Um, but we're still looking for somebody in Whitehorse. If there's anyone watching this program uh, and you're from Whitehorse and you want to help us put together a venue there, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you can reach out to me at info at ffcs.info. Uh, so we want to do a night up there. We, you know, the Yukon is always um, underrepresented and, and uh, underattended. So we thought we'd take a quick rip up there. And then back to uh, Grand Prairie, do a night in Grand Prairie, and then over to Fort Mac. So from the 7th to the 27th, a 20-day tour uh, turns out to about 21 days. So we're looking forward to that. It's, uh, it's, it's quite ambitious, but it's important. We have to do this. And uh, my good friend Salim Mansour is going to join us on that tour. So it'll be myself, Salim, Laura Lynn Tyler-Thompson, and Sean Taylor. Uh, a lot of bang for your buck, especially when they're free to attend. Uh, of course, we do ask that people who do attend, um, you know, that uh, that you can give whatever it is you can give to help us out with travel costs. Uh, you know, moving a across a couple of provinces with gas prices the way they are, um, it's not cheap. So we ask that anyone in attendance, uh, if you're, if, if you feel there's a lot of value in what we're doing, uh, that you would contribute a little bit to help us out along the way. Um, Seven o'clock in Edmonton on September 7th. Again, venues all to be determined. Uh, we're in the process of, of confirming venues. So stay tuned for that. Um, it, it, and, and I would I would watch Laura Lynn's Facebook because, of course, I'm banned for 30 days or 28 days now. So I won't be able to post anything on Facebook. Uh, I'll be posting, of course, on Twitter regularly. But uh, uh, stay tuned. And, and you know, if, you, if you're on Facebook or whatever, follow Laura Lynn. Uh, she'll be posting things as, as we nail venues down and, and uh, can confirm those things. So anyways, looking forward to it. Um, uh, a huge undertaking, but more than, more than uh, important. So uh, without further ado, then let's bring in my good friend, Salim Mansour, and we're going to talk a little bit about Donald Trump and the raid that they just um, did on his home there in mar largo how are you, Salim? Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, and good to know that you are putting together this trip. I'm looking forward to being with you uh, in this uh, yeah. road road trip, talking tour, meeting uh, our PPC family up in uh, the Western provinces. Yes, absolutely, 100%. And hopefully some other folks that maybe are on the fence and they think something might be wrong, but they're not really sure what it is. Uh, those are the kind of folks we really want to attend. So if you have friends that are, you know, of what I just described, make sure that they come to these events. Uh, Cause we want to reach outside the echo chambers as well. So yeah, I look forward to it. Sleem. It'll be fun to be on the road with you, my friend. 
I, I might just add the following, if you permit me, uh, Mark. Yeah, sure. I said PPC family to 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 embrace and and, and yes. feel the warmth of uh, our PPC family across 100%. the places that you will be going. But here was what I might add: the, there's a whole uh, thirty percent of the non-voting Canadian public who don't know that they're part of the PPC family. They just have to step off. Exactly. They just have to step out and feel the warmth. You don't have to agree with anything we say or everything we say. It is, that is what a family is. We share the fundamental value, which is freedom. And 100%. all the rest is up to us talking freely and openly and sharing our thoughts on those matters. 100%, 100%. So, Salim, uh, we talked a little bit earlier today, and we thought that it would be important to go on and, and have a discussion about what happened in this previous week. Some some pretty big uh, happenings down south of the border in America to to Donald Trump and and a former president of the United States. It's it's quite a it's quite a thing that's going on there. Yes, I think um, on on August the eighth, eight eight, this past Monday, uh, America uh, crossed over a line that had never never been even approached or breached. Crossed mm -hmm. over the line, crossed over that symbolic Rubicon, and there is no return now for that America that crossed over, uh, except. Uh, President Trump comes back to office and try to correct the ship. I mean, <clears throat> the raid on 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 the, uh, President Trump's uh, personal residence in in Florida, Mar-a-Lago, uh, shows two things. Uh, one immediately, uh, and I hope we'll have a chance to put all of this in historical perspective. Shows two things. One that. President Trump is the most important figure, personality, uh, not only in American politics today, but possibly uh, in the world, especially the world and the people around the world who care about freedom and freedom issue. And what you have been talking about, uh, Mark, for the longest while uh, on these uh, platforms, nationalism nationalism right. is good globalism is, globalism is bad that you've been talking mm. about president trump represents the face of all the people who hold on to the principle of freedom based upon individual rights constitutional mm. rights and so on and the defense of the nation state nationalism against right. whom against the communists once again in the world the totalitarian um, the Bolsheviks, uh, yes. the fascists, and these are these are terms that have been used historically in the 20th century, at least, at different times to qualify different regimes or different political movements um, mm -hmm. that that uh, we have witnessed, experienced, uh, and. Uh, we can draw lessons from that. But what it means is the forces that are against individual freedom, the forces that are against 
the sovereignty of nation state. The forces right. today that are represented by globalism and one borderless world, the WEF, uh, World Economic Forum, the Davos crowd, mm -hmm. and in each of the states that have been basically been penetrated or taken over by the World Economic Forum's ideology of uh, globalism and their agenda. <coughs> Um, that that is to be found in each of these states. In the United mm -hmm. States, it is the deep state, the uniparty, the Democrats and the rhinos together. And President Trump stands outside of that deep state. And so he is the man who today represents the greatest danger, greatest peril to the deep state. And the deep state is bent upon eliminating him, taking him out. Right. And then August the 8th, uh, this past Monday, was a crossing of the line. And the mask has dropped, except those people who don't want to see and don't want to understand. The mask has dropped. America is now in every aspect, Mark, a post-constitutional state. There is no constitution. In other words, it is America is being controlled by, run by the deep state, the military, industrial, congressional complex, which takes in all the basic fundamental institution of the American society, starting from the schools all the way to the judiciary, the justice system, the educational system. Of course, the media is the propaganda arm of the deep state, of the unit party. And so they went out to send a message that they are going to take out President Trump. And the message has resonated across America. People who were not paying attention now can no longer be in a state of denial. Mark, you, 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 yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Trump and you mentioned Trump in the World Economic Forum, and and I mean, 2019, 2018, both on both occasions that he went to the UN. Um, he drew a, a pretty thick and hard line um, against the globalist. He he really did. Um, I was I was very inspired by both of those speeches that he gave at the UN, and and declaring this war against globalism and uh, and this American America first agenda, uh, which really I think is representative of of. The defense of Western civilization. I think it's bigger than just America. This is the attack that we're going through. I mean, their their aims in all of this is to destroy Western civilization and what it represents. They have to destroy what it represents in order for them to achieve their goals. This hypercentralization, this this control of all of our resources uh, under under the model of global governance, which is really just communism and fascism that have that have converged so it it really represents much more than just america first this is this is a fight for western civilization 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, I mean, in the in, in the very largest sense, um, the uh, American Revolution, 1776, was not simply a local affair of 13 colonies rising up, you know, against uh, the British rule in North America and the establishment of the Republic that followed. It had a universal meaning. It was a universal meaning with a universal representation. And you saw that, you know, immediately after 1776, within a matter of less than a decade and a half, the French had the revolution. And the revolution of 1776 stands up as the beacon for all subsequent revolution in the modern world ever since. And to denigrate, to hollow out, to dismantle, to destroy, the ideals of 1776. You know, um, the world is not a perfect place and human beings are not perfect. As James Madison said, you know, if men were angels, there would be no need of government. So we begin where we begin. You and I, we begin our life where we begin. You know, I was born in India in the 1950s. You were born in Saskatoon or, you know, um, in the 19, early 70s, you know. That's, that's the world we enter. The ideal is to shape the world somewhat to meet the standards of the ideal. Justice, peace, you know, but right. ultimately and most fundamentally to respect the individual as a free human being. So yes, I mean, it was, it was global. And so what is happening right now, it is in the context, there's a local situation. The conflict is in America, America being what America represents, at least in the 20th century, the greatest power, economic, you know what I and so on. And then to destroy that has been the agenda hmm. of the communists ever since uh, before 1917. What I find interesting with America, and, and, and maybe in some cases rightfully so, but, but a lot of Americans, a lot of the media in America, uh, even independents, are very, they're very insular. They're very focused inward, where... I think a lot of Americans don't understand, or maybe it's just that it's just not talked about, that this attack is not just the deep state within America. It's not just the Democrats and the rhinos that are pushing this forward. This is, this is globalism. This is the UN Sustainable Development Agenda. This is the World Economic Forum. And it's, it's interesting to watch how Americans treat all this it's almost like they don't want to accept that outside forces can have such a negative effect that they always have to focus on on who's on the inside of that country affecting this this dramatic and drastic change yes i mean um, much of what you say is quite right uh but insularity is not ultimately an American uh, a situation. I think it is a situation that just about every people, because you know, people are focusing on their own lives, their own history, 
to the extent that they have time to when they are struggling daily with all the needs to survive in a world with this immense pressure around them. But in the case of America, being what America became over the last 200 and we are closing in on 250th anniversary of America in uh, 2026. Uh, so over two centuries and a half, what America became, it became a superpower. It became a power that stood out among all the rest in, in so many different ways that we don't have to go into the detail. And then there is the sense of American exceptionalism. And so the sense that whatever happens in other parts of the world doesn't affect America because America is exceptional. America stands apart, you know, and so communism, it cannot happen in America, you know, invasion, it cannot happen in America. America has been blessed by geography, so have we in Canada, by the two oceans protected. No other people have been protected in the way geographically America has been protected. So, you know, what you're talking about insularity, yes, I mean, American people are in this sense insular because they're preoccupied only with themselves standing atop the world, you know. Yes. But, yes. but that's exactly, I mean, let's talk about President Trump. It is That's what President Trump signifies. He has brought to the American and the Americans are waking up. Americans are waking up. I might say there's a, you know, there are two things that are at play. What happened on uh, August 8th, uh, uh, this past Monday, well, is that what President Trump has come to represent, the face yes. of, you know, uh, make America great again. Why make America great again? That means America has fallen behind or fallen down, you know? You, you don't have that question or that statement, make America great again. If mm. America is great, then why you have to add the word again, you know? Right. So right. that was the conversation that President Trump engaged in from mm. 2015 when he came down the escalator to announce his run for the White House, you know, in 2015. The other aspect is that the globalists, that is the communists, they have taken power. There's mm -hmm. no, they, they, they're controlling all the levers of power in the American system of government. Mm -hmm. They're controlling the Congress, you know, the House of Representatives is under the Democratic Party. You know, Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. The Senate, again, the Democratic Party, Chuck Schumer, the senator mm -hmm. is a majority senator. And the executive, the presidency, that's the White House, the Oval Office, is Joe Biden, you know, mm -hmm. so Democrat. They hold all the levers in this system of government, plus all the agencies. That's when we come to the question of deep state. All the agencies have now been taken over and been weaponized. That is, mm. all the intelligence agencies plus the justice system has been weaponized, you know? Right. And, and so in effect, America has been taken over by the Bolsheviks, the communists, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and that is the campaign what 2015 now you can turn around people who were not paying attention can turn around i i 
wrote about president from the moment he came down the stair. You know, I'm a small person, but whatever access I had, I wrote about it. You know, mm. I published right. it in America, an American thinker, engaged on Institute and, and so on and so forth and on mm. talk shows that what President Trump represents. And I and I, I was pointing out that he is going to win the presidency. And people right. laughed at people like me who said that he's right. going to win the presidency. Because mm. we were paying attention to what was happening, not only in 2015, but going all the way back to the end of the Cold War, at least that yeah. phase, you know, yeah. the 1990s. So we have to put it in, in large perspective. And it is President Trump that came out and talked about it. So the globalists, the communists, while they are holding all the power, they are running scared that they're going to lose everything, that they have tried to destroy this man. And in the effort to destroy this man, this man has become stronger and stronger and well, stronger. I wanted to show just a quick clip of, of why they why they have to go after Trump and, and what he represents. I'm just going to show a quick clip here of, of a speech he gave at the World Economic Forum. Um, I hope it's the right one. I think it is. When I spoke at this forum two years ago, I told you that we had launched the great American comeback. Today, I'm proud to declare that the United States is in the midst of an economic boom, the likes of which the world has never seen before. We've regained our stride. We You'll notice nobody's clapping. <laughs> discovered our spirit and we awakened the powerful machinery of American enterprise. America is thriving. America is flourishing. And yes, America is winning again like never before. Just last week alone, the United States concluded two extraordinary trade deals, the agreement with China and the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, the two biggest trade deals ever made. They just happened to get done in the same week. These agreements represent a new model of trade for the 21st century, agreements that are fair, reciprocal, and that prioritize the needs of workers and families. America's economic turnaround has been nothing short of spectacular when I took office three years ago. Before I was elected, China's predatory practices were undermining trade for everyone. But no one did anything about it except allow it to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Under my leadership, America confronted the problem head on. Under our new phase one agreement, phase two is starting negotiations very shortly. China has agreed to substantially do things that they would not have done, measures to protect intellectual property, stop forced technology transfers, remove trade barriers and agricultural goods and on agricultural goods where uh, we were treated so badly, open its financial sector totally, that's done, and maintain a stable currency, all backed by very, very strong enforcement. Our relationship with China right now has probably never been better. We went through a very rough patch, but it's never ever been better. My relationship with President Xi is an extraordinary one. 
He's the China out to the U.S., but other than that, we love each other. We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world. Today, I'm pleased to announce the United States will join One Trillion Trees Initiative being launched here at the World Economic Forum. One Trillion Trees. <laughs> That's where he gets a clap. <laughs> and in doing so, we will continue to show strong leadership in restoring, growing, and better managing our trees and our forests. This is not a time for pessimism. This is a time for optimism. Fear and doubt is not a good thought process because this is a time for tremendous hope and joy and optimism and action. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. They are the heirs of yesterday's foolish fortune tellers, and I have them, and you have them, and we all have them. And they want to see us too badly, but we don't let that happen. They predicted an overpopulation crisis in the 1960s, mass starvation in the 70s, and an end of oil in the 1990s. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country, or eradicate our liberty. So there you have it. There is Donald Trump sticking his fat finger in the eyeball of Klaus Schwab and, and attending the World Economic Forum and tell him basically get away. America is doing just fine. We're going to be okay. The world's going to be okay. The prophets of doom can beat it and, and we'll carry on uh, prospering as a nation. And it's funny how in, in a quick two years since Biden took over, uh, how everything has gone into the tubes. This is why they hate Trump. This is why they go after him. This is why they need to destroy him. Well, I'll come back to Trump, but I just want to pick up on what you said. It's going to the tube. Yep. Well, look, Mark, it's not going to the tube. That has been the perfectly orchestrated design policy of the World Economic yes. Forum to yes. destroy to destroy the hydrocarbon-based economy. Right. So when President Trump is talking about uh, 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 joining and, and pushing the one trillion tree program, that is precisely counter to the World Economic Forum agenda, which yes. because the whole argument of climate change, which was basically man-made global warming, you know, and 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 carbon is the poison that has yeah. to be taken yes. out, you know, yes. in contrast to carbon is the fundamental basis of life. So uh, those those scientists, the name of Freeman Dyson immediately comes to mind, apart from mm -hmm. others. Those scientists, physicists, and others who basically said this a man-made global warming agenda that came about from 1992 in the Rio summit and after is is unscientific. And if you if you are so concerned about carbon, then all you have to do, and this is Freeman Dyson, is do a bioengineering and bring about uh, a, a trees 
massive tree plantation that will soak up the carbon and release oxygen in the air. Right. Well, you know? right. And, and I mean, <laughs> so that's, that's what President Trump is talking about. Again, connect, I'm connecting the dot. You see, so they they, they, they they talk about renewable energy. So, you know, there it is, you know, let's put a, a trillion tree down. But back to back to President Trump, you know, um, the, the, the World Economic Forum and globalist agenda could not be sustained without the cover of America under the umbrella of America. It is it is America. And what had happened in, you know, we, we don't again have too much time, but what had happened in the four years of President Trump's in office was everything in reverse of what is the agenda of the World Economic Forum. I mean, yeah. America had become energy independent. America had become the largest producer of hydrocarbon energy in the world in yes. supplying, you know, petroleum to a petroleum hungry world. Not that the world is running away from petroleum, but they want it. This is the 1% elite that is wanting to destroy this economy and substitute it with another economy, that whole argument of renewables, which is going to go into their pocket, while the other 99% of the population is going to be systematically destroyed. That is a yes. depopulation agenda, that is a eugenics yes. and so on and so forth. So to crash the hydrocarbon uh, economy, to destroy uh, the food producing system, you know, the fertilizers and so on, yes. is the agenda. But President Trump came into office in 2015 with the agenda repeating myself to make America great again. That is to bring back America what for the period since the end of the Cold War. Of course, the ideas predates the Cold War. It goes back to the 1920s. It goes back to immediately after World War II. You and I have talked at length about it, whether it's limits to growth, whether it's council and foreign relations, whether it is, you know, uh, bilateral commission and so on and so forth, you know, those agenda. But they were all, in a sense, put on hold because of the Cold War. And as soon as the Cold War ended in 1991, uh, with the collapse of the Soviet Union, the agenda was given a new impetus and it began full speed. And it began with the Americans, with, with George Bush, 41, with Bill Clinton, with George Bush, 43, with uh, Obama. Uh, it began in full flush and the changing of the American system. Mm. That is taking control, which is what today Mark Levin, for instance, can talk about in terms of a post-constitutional America. That mm. is the, the deepening and widening and empowering the deep state, that is the intelligence agencies and the justice uh, department under the control of the deep state. So President Trump was the outsider and he came in to take back the country, make America great again, to take back the country 
for the people, for the Americans. 15 minutes after he was sworn into office on January 20th, 2017, Washington Post ran the story that the President Trump needs to be impeached. He had not even gotten into the office, into the Oval Office. He hadn't even sat down on the President's chair. He had only taken the oath of office mm. and Washington Post ran the story that he needs to be impeached. Why? That was the Russia, that he was in collusion with Putin and it mm. had Putin that had brought him to power, you know, right. and right. that was the Russia hoax that they ran right through the entirety of the time when President Trump came down the escalator and announced his presidency through the primaries in 2016. His office was tapped, his house was tapped, you know, Trump Towers. And when he said, when he was informed and he said that my Trump Tower has been tapped by Obama people, everybody laughed at him, New York Times, Washington Post, that this man is cuckoo, you know. Right. But that's what was happening. We don't again, you know, that whole four years uh, was was an effort to destroy his presidency. He was not given a moment to act mm. on his own. Very few people understand. I get so frustrated reading uh, on the internet and, 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 and everywhere else that President Trump had a very poor choice of people. He hasn't learned how to appoint people, you know. And mm. so in terms of what happened in the four years, that whether it was building the wall, you know, and the wall was not completed, whether it had to do with, you know, the pandemic was a shot to take him down. We now know that this was the biggest hoax or one of the biggest hoax right. that was won COVID-19 out of... Completely Yeah, it was manufactured, but it was directed to take him down, you know, the lockdowns that were instituted. And people say, well, it is he who appointed. He appointed Fauci, he appointed Burke, he appointed so-and-so. People don't understand that in the American system of government, that is on the basis of the Constitution, to the extent that they forced President Trump to abide by those rules, mm. and he was going to abide by those rules, there was no problem. Because he expected the Republican Party, of which he was now the leader, would go along with the agenda upon which he had won. But what is the problem? The problem is presidents cannot appoint their people. It has to, they can nominate. That's what they do. Presidents nominate right. the Secretary of State, the Attorney General you know, the uh, Secretary of Defense and so on and so forth. All of these are nominated positions. He nominates. It has to go through the Senate where the Senate then does the advice and consent. Right. The word is consent. President nominates. If the Senate does not consent, that nomination cannot take place. Mm. So he was handcuffed right from the beginning. Right from the beginning, he had people around him like Jeff Session, his attorney general, who turned out to be a fake. Right. You know, president trusted him. 
made him the attorney general. He immediately recused himself when the issue of 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 Russia hopes came up, you know. Yeah. And same thing with Bill Barr. So the man was basically alone. He was surrounded by rhinos and traitors right through. Whether they were military generals like Jim Mattis, John Kelly, H.R. McMaster, these were all military generals, three-star, four-star. They were traitors to the Make America Great Again agenda. Or they were civilians like John Bolton and mm -hmm. others. They all played behind the president. So he had to face right from the beginning the special counsel Mueller that went for two years with a fine tooth comb into his records you know, and found nothing. Right. Then he was impeached believing that with an impeachment, they can throw him out. That was the Ukraine issue. Hmm. And, and, and that failed. Then they concocted this insurrection on January 6th. Hmm. The only person who died inside the Capitol building was a woman, Ashley Babbitt, who was a President Trump supporter, shot by congressional <clears throat> police, who was fully acquitted while Ashley Babbitt's name has disappeared. So that was a concoction. And he was impeached again, you know. And again, you know, they couldn't get him out. But his term had ended. But they had been hounding him, hounding him, because their objective is to stop him from being a candidate in 2024. Right. So when this happened on August 8th, Immediately after, I mean, that, that was my very first concern. But my concern was not simply my own. It's been the concern of people who are watching him. And it was expressed by Bernard Kerrick, the former police commissioner of the New York Police Department, the, the police commissioner of the largest police department in America, of the largest city in America, Bernard Kerrick immediately said, I will not put assassination beyond these people. Right. And that's, that's a genuine concern now. Mm -hmm. President Trump, they are so desperate because they're so afraid. Mm -hmm. This administration... They, they killed Kennedy. Exactly. So that would be to take it to go back long perspective on on history right. that, you know, as you as you just mentioned, and I was going to bring this out, you know, um, it needs it needs a real serious discussion. But here it is. President Kennedy was executed. He was not assassinated by a, some strange, sick person like Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. It was an execution done by the deep state, by the CIA and its operatives. Uh, the deep state that President Eisenhower, preceding President uh, Kennedy, us about, yeah. warned us. I mean, in his last speech from the Oval Office before stepping down in January of 1967, the 61, before President Kennedy took the Oval Office, he warned 
the American people about the military industrial complex, the mm -hmm. wars and the power and the rise of the surveillance state. Mm -hmm. And so President Kennedy became the first victim of the why? Again, we might not have the time tonight to discuss it, but President Kennedy was the first president who understood he was himself mm. a veteran, right? Mm. He was a man who understood the military from inside, just as Eisenhower did. They were veterans, mm. fought in the Second World War. President Kennedy had been a naval man in the Pacific. And of mm. course, Eisenhower was the super commander. President Kennedy saw what the CIA was up to. And he saw, President Kennedy saw that he would turn the CIA into a thousand splinter and throw it away. This was after the Bay of Pigs. Mm. And then after the Cuban Missile Crisis. But after mm. the Cuban Missile Crisis, he fully understood the danger of a nuclear war between two nuclear power countries right. that had come within the blinking of an eye. Mm. And then Khrushchev withdrew and that crisis was dealt with mm. in a manner that remains the model, but the Americans, that is Biden and others, have basically turned the page on it. But because Kennedy worked to solve the problem with Khrushchev, and he committed himself yeah. that he would bring about a peaceful coexistence and lower the temperature uh, in terms of military industrial complex and its investment in nuclear weapons and so on and so forth, yeah. that he needed to be taken out. And he was taken out just before, that is 13 months before, he would have been re-elected the president in 1964. Right. He had begun his primary campaign. Dallas was his first trip for the primary campaign that was going to begin in January of 1964. And he right. was going to win that election, hands down. And if he had won the election, there would have been no Vietnam. There would have been, you know, a ratcheting down of the conflict with the Soviet Union. The Cold War possibly would have taken on a different shape because there would not have been a Vietnam and all of that that has followed. Right. So now we come to President Trump. It is 60 years later. I mean, next year. Well, there, there's, there's, there's nothing they won't do. do. Yeah. 20 to, to, to achieve their goals. Yeah, to destroy America and destroy Western civilization, as we know, there's nothing. That's, that's, that's the communists is up to. Yeah. This is this is and next year, 2023 will be the 60th anniversary of the execution of President Kennedy. I mm -hmm. use the word deliberately execution. This is yes. the deep state execution. Yes. So, look, right now, this thing happened in August 8th this week. This is only less than three months from the November election. And it is expected that the Republican Party will take back the House and will possibly take back the Senate. Right. 
And in this election campaign, the primary season is on, President Trump's endorsement is winning hands down. The score is 95% of people that President Trump has endorsed mm. for the House and for the governorship and for the Senate, mm. they have won their primary. Right. Okay. Yep. Uh, for instance, in Arizona, a, a week ago, week before this event, President Trump's endorsement swept Arizona Republican Party. It was 100 zero. Right. Um, so he is creating a, and has created a new party. It is a Republican Party, but is a party that is strongly nationalist. Make America great again, America first. It is not a globalist party, which is what the party has been under Mitch McConnell right. and Paul Ryan yes. and, and Mitt Romney and John McCain and George Bush mm. and Lindsey Graham and so on and so forth, you know? Yep. So this is the party that he had to shape mm. so that he can carry out the agenda and destroy the globalist agenda. The clip that you played, President Trump knows the inside out of what is happening in China, just as he knows. But, you know, as you saw in the clip he played, on the one hand, he's reaching out to President Xi Jinping and his people as you be your China first. You right. build up your China. But it is not going to be at the expense of America because exactly. that's what had been the 30 years program mm. to offshore the entire industrial might of America into right. China. Yep. You see, so that's that's the relationship. You be China first, you be Russia first, you be India first. We are America first. And well, then we will trade. This is this is what Canadians have to understand, especially conservative party supporting Canadians. They need to understand that our conservative party of Canada is exactly the same as all of the rhinos in the Republican Party. We have to get to a point where conservative supporters can wrap their head around this fact that that they're all they're a uni party and they're all committed they've proven it year after year decade after decade they've proven it why is it so hard salim for traditional conservative supporters to wrap their head around the reality of this why why is it so hard here well, the, uh, for the traditional conservative supporters, they are invested in, the, in that conservative party, just as in the Republican rhino supporters are invested in the rhino party, you know, for all sorts of reasons, uh, um, uh, which is family, which is their social network, which is the profession, if they are academics, if they are in the police force, uh, uh, law enforcement agencies, and so on and so forth. It is that woven into woven fashion. into it. exactly. But but the larger context is, uh, and that I hope we can come back and talk about it in yes. another another time. But I'll just drop it over here. Yeah. After 2019, that is with the pandemic, and the lockdowns and all that we have gone through, the scale should have fallen from the eyes and, and, and the scale has still not fallen. And what is the scale? 
in my case, I would say that I went back because I was a member of the Conservative Party. I supported Harper. And now I realize that he was the biggest con man. You know, we don't have to talk about the liberal because that is in their genes. But so is in the, in, in, in the context of Harper and the Conservative Party going back to after Diefenbaker, that is from Robert Stanfield all the way to Harper. And then now right. whoever is going to be the leader beside Aaron O'Toole, Andrew Scheer and so on. The scale has to fall, and the scale was, as I as I realized after I went into my own rabbit hole to study this matter, that Canada is a vassal state. Canada is not a sovereign state. Right. We have never been a sovereign state. You know, right. our constitution, right. that is 1867 document, and then the Charter of Rights and Freedom, is basically cosmetic. It has no effect in it. Mm. You know, we are a vassal state because the founding fathers did not break from the British system. The monarchy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the parliamentary system, that is the British yeah. system, you know. Mm -hmm. So that is, again, a, a discussion that deserves to be had and, and explored and, and, we'll have uh, and, 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 and why why we are what we are. But in the, in the case of America, the American system the American government has made the transition from being a republic incrementally over time, you know, and we can plot it now, you know, that is from before World War I, uh, that is the Spanish-American War, 1898, and the gradual incremental move over this past 120 years to where America is now a post-constitutional republic that the American political elite and corporate elite and the power elite has basically subordinated the constitution for their mm. own power. Mm. They are truly true. Talk about progressive, progressives are the communists, except the difference being they are, they are from top down instead of bottom up. Right, 100%. Yep. And so, so yep. So, I was just going to say so, with, with, with Trump, um, what do you see happening from this point forward? Um, like, I, 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 I originally sort of took the, the approach or the, the, the view that they just martyred Trump. They just they just handed him the presidency for 2024 if he comes out of this unscathed. Now, I guess the question is, did they plant evidence? Did they did they set him up? Um, how bad is this going to get? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, now now that the the, the warrant has been unsealed uh, by the by the court, uh, I barely I barely had a chance to look at the unsealing of the warrant with the yeah. the sort of a dots, you know, uh, on it. And we can now say it is not speculation. It is what, what the unsealing of the warrant says. They want all the documents that the President Trump took with him, which is his right to take with him because it is his administration. He is the president. Right. He is the one who declassifies documents and mm. so on but they that is uh, uh, the biden white house they want without any dis uh, discrimination and distinguishing uh, all the documents 
as it is said in the warrant, and I, and I quote the, the warrant, any government and or presidential records collected between January 20, 2017 and January 20, 2021. They want all the documents. Why? Well, here's the answer very quickly. Because President Trump, just before he left office, officially declassified that specific segment of documents that deal dealt with Russia hoax. Right. That is, uh, beginning with um, the Mueller investigation, then the first impeachment, the second impeachment, and the January 6th uh, events, all of that he declassified and he gave it to the director of national intelligence, uh, David Ratcliffe, uh, to pass it on to uh, John Durham, who was appointed a special counsel by Attorney General Bill Barr to look into mm. and bring indictments on those people involved if they were to be indicted uh, and so on. But John Durham, just like Bill Barr, is slow walking the process. This should have been done way back in 2021, but they're slow because they are members of the deep state. They belong to the same circle of people. So this is what President Trump had given to uh, uh, John Ratcliffe. They want all of that documents. Well, the documents are there. Yeah, it has been given. So this is PR, optics, public, public thing going on, you know, because as President Trump pointed out on Monday night, that he was engaged, that is, his people were engaged for the past several months with the people in the National Archive going through the documents peacefully, properly, you know, and, 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 and they were sifting through it, do document. So why did they do this? Well, it is politics now. They want all of this document. They have it, but they're claiming mm. they want it. They want, went on a fishing in expedition. Also, they want the documents on the reason being President Trump filed a lawsuit at the end of 2021, a, a civil lawsuit against Hillary Clinton, Perkin Coie, that is the law firm of Hillary Clinton, the Democratic law firm, mm -hmm. uh, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, James Comey, FBI director, Andrew McCabe, deputy director, Lisa Page, Peter Stroke, and the whole cabal that was involved in the Russia hope. Uh, mm -hmm. in 2017, 2018, 2019 thing. So he has filed a, a lawsuit and is going through. So when President Trump said, um, and, and he has repeated this over and over again in his rally, that I've got them all, which means he's got all their, you know, record, you know. Yeah. The question yeah. is, he has not released them. He is waiting or has held back to see that in the due process of law, that is in grand jury hearing, and then the indictments, 
And then in the court of law, these documents will come out. Well, the Biden administration, supported by the UNI party, they want to take these documents and just stash them away, destroy them. That's the game. Or by picking, cherry picking some aspect of the document, indict the president and get him basically like a gulliver, you know, yeah. trapped in all the strings of a law yeah. case, which would then prevent him from yeah. running in 2024. Yeah. But I think none of that will stop him because ultimately, and here is the clincher. I mean, from now till 2024, Mark, you and all of the people who are listening to us and all those people who don't listen, who don't care, who, 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 who basically, like sponge, absorb the mainstream media news, will be hearing the following. They will be hearing that the president is going to be indicted or the president has been indicted. There is a law scheme on the basis of U.S. statute number so-and-so, U.S. statute number so-and-so, and, -so, and, mm. and that's happening. But here's the clincher. The only requirement on the basis on which a man or a woman can run for elected office is the constitutional requirement because a statute cannot override the constitution. constitution right. Okay, the constitution is the final word. What is the constitution requirement for a man or a woman to run for the office of the president? Just two things, natural born citizen right. and minimum age 35. Mm. The deep state basically elected Obama, whose question about natural bound citizenship remains unresolved. Right. Right. So it is the deep state that has done all of these things. Yeah. So even if, even if President Trump is indicted and handcuffed as advisor Peter Navarro was done, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and perp walk, President Trump can still run for that office and get elected and come back and deal with these people. Right. So my, my fear, as the fear of Bernard Kerrick and many others ever since August yeah. 8th evening is that they can do a Kennedy on him. Right. Short well, of doing a Kennedy on him, short of doing a Kennedy on him, on the evening of August 8th, President Trump was elected for the second time. Right, right, 100%. Well, plus also we have- third time, sorry, I stand corrected. He was elected in, in 2020 and that election was stolen away from him. Right. And so he, on August 8th, 2022, he was basically elected for the third time. Well, and that's what I was going to say is we also have to keep in mind election fraud and ballot stuffing and everything else that that 2000 mule showed us uh, that's yes. happening. So, you know, and that's been exposed. So hopefully they'll they'll get a handle on it and we'll be able to see that, I guess, here in the fall uh, and then be a little bit more prepared 
for when uh, when Trump uh, takes his run in 24. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and so, and so in a, in a sense of wrapping this up, this is now not only an American fight, American struggle. This yes. is a global struggle yes, because it if, if 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 President Trump is taken off, that means it is not. It, this is not about President Trump. It is about you, me, and each one of us. They can right. take any one of us. There is no longer a rule of law. In America, rule of law doesn't exist. That's the meaning of a post-constitutional state. Yes. Because there you have it. You have Hillary Clinton with 30,000 emails uh, that she destroyed. She bleached her self-server, her server. She took the hammer to her you know, computer, hard drive, and so on. Uh, right. Her, her record of page to play, you know, it's been all there. Uh, and, and so also of her husband, Bill Clinton, and there was never any subpoena on Hillary Clinton. No mm. subpoena on the Bidens, you know, which we all know Biden is, well, is, and, is and his son, uh, Hunter Bidens. Right. I mean, not only can you refer to America as a post-constitutional state, but because of that fact, it now becomes, as Canada ha has become, as Trudeau clearly stated when he got elected, uh, that Canada will become the first post-nation state. Without a constitution, without a rule of law, America becomes a post-national state. Well, I would, I would, I would, I would make a difference here. Um, in, in the following sense, to an analogy, mm. um, the 1917 revolution, uh, Bolshevik revolution, turned Russia into a communist state. You know, yes. Um, and then uh, uh, the Second World War, uh, as a result of it, a consequence of it, the Second World War was not started by Moscow, by Soviet Union. It was started by Hitler. But the result of the Second World War, the unintended consequence from the perspective of Hitler was that the Soviet army swept across Eastern Europe right, right into Germany. Hmm. And then all the Eastern European state became a communist state. Right. But here's the difference. They became communist state, but they were in effect a vassal state. Right. Of Soviet Union, you know. Yes. I mean, you saw that played out in Czechoslovakia. They, were, they all became post-nation states. Yeah, post-nation state meaning vassal state. Vassal That's what state. I'm trying to say. Exactly. Because because yeah. a nation state is a sovereign state or it is a vassal state. Yes. So yes. so Czechoslovakia, um, Hungary, Poland, and so on and so forth. They, so we've they seen all this became, game before. Yeah. Yes. And, and 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 you saw that. I mean, the post uh, uh, they can call it post-nation state or whatever is the definition as a vassal state. When uh, uh, Brezhnev wanted to send in the army, he sent in the army. When Khrushchev wanted to send in the army, they sent in the army into Hungary in 1956. They sent in the army into Czechoslovakia in 1968. They were going to send in the army into Poland, and so on and so forth. So these were the post. These were states. They had governments, you know, they had their own general secretary, they had their own president, and so on and so forth. But they were vassal state to Moscow, yes, you know. If, if not, so the difference is, I mean, whatever the definition 
uh, uh, Justin Trudeau uh, is making or makes, from has made, may make, will make, is absolutely inconsequential because he is a serf. He's a slave master. He's just holding the whip for the exactly. World Economic Forum, right? Yeah. He 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 is, he just he himself is a slave, and he wants to turn every one of us, which in effect we have become a slave, a serf. You know, uh, because he has said, you know. Vaccine mandate will happen. You you don't want to take vaccine, that's your problem, but you're not going to fly in a Canadian plane. You're not going to ride a Canadian train. You're not going to get into a bus, a Canadian bus yeah. and so on and so forth, yeah, mm-hmm. airport. So we are a vassal state. My point is we have been a vassal state from 1867. Yeah. Uh, and that's a discussion that needs to happen, you know. Yeah. Uh, so America is the Moscow of the communist world. In the sense, the American power is the power needed to implement the globalist agenda, the, yes. the Marxist globalist yes. borderless. Yes, without, without America, it doesn't go anywhere. Exactly, so that, 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 there it is. And, the, and, and that, so and, they, they will do anything to do that, to achieve that, up to and including assassinating Trump. Well, look Look at the record. I mean, what did the Bolsheviks do? They not only had the revolution, they took the man, the, the Tsar Alexander, Tsar Nicholas II, was no longer a Tsar. I mean, the revolution happened, he was overthrown, you know. His family was, I mean, his dynasty was overthrown. He was no longer, he, was, he had been reduced to less than a common citizen because, you know, um, uh, he could not be a citizen of Bolshevik Russia, communist mm-hmm. Russia. So here he was, he was helpless, he was without power, he was, you know, in, in, in the control of the Bolshevik. What did the Bolshevik do? Lined him up with his family yes. and executed yes. them. Yes, absolutely. So, yes. so, this, so but, but Trump knows this, so he's going to take steps to, to make sure he's not in the line of fire or whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, hopefully all things being equal, he comes through in 2024 and, and uh, yeah. Well, 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 what has happened is, I mean, uh, so setting aside a fear, now we know, I mean, in this, in this exchange, we know that these people, as Bernard Kerik says, can do anything, you yes. know, and that's the record of the communist Bolshevik is that they can do anything for power and, yes. and, 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 and to control the others. So that is now a given. The state of America today, or as of August the 8th in particular, and the mask has fallen, is America is not only a post-constitutional state, America mm. is in a state of civil war. Mm. It is the American people now whose leader, that is, American people oppose to the communist takeover of America, the Bolshevik takeover of America. Uh, they, they have to have a leader. They have to have a center. Their leader is Trump, President yes. Trump. The 45th president of America is Trump. So it is Trump who now controls the people who's standing up for and will fight for the taking back 
which he began with make America great again, keep America safe. Now it is to take back America. So it is he as the commander in chief of the people. Ironically, as we speak, you know, this become more and more clear. He is now in the same position as George Washington before 1776, or, or once the declaration was made. And the, the, the struggle began. The British North America, King George III, that is Biden and, and, and his people are equal to George III, they're holding Washington. Right. And the patriots are George Washington and others who are now out in the field. Right. And if they are caught, they're going to be hanged and executed. So the struggle is on. The question is, how will George Washington in, engage with George III? How will Donald Trump remain engaged with Biden and the communists? So that's what it is. So long this civil war has not become an open shootout, Mm. The war is going to be fought through the system that is the judiciary, the justice system, the law enforcement agency. Right. But we already know that this is a two-tier system. Yes. There is Biden can, Biden can walk through, Hillary Clinton can walk through, but Trump and his family cannot, you know. So, yes. the, so the mechanism of how this is, that remains now to be seen. We are now in a completely unprecedented, uncharted water. And what happened on August the 8th night can tell you, give you the first inkling of uh, this, this struggle. President Trump could have said when he sent out that message on his platform, Truth Social, that's when the word went out that his house had been raided. Uh, and, and the FBI agents were still there. Uh, he could have said, Patriots, my house is being raided. Where are you? We need you to come and stand with me. You know, mm -hmm. he didn't do that. So he hasn't mm -hmm. called the Patriots out, you know. Mm -hmm. And that means that goes to show that President Trump knows that the communists are baiting him goading him to respond so that they can they they yeah that they can then begin the attack i mean that was what january 6 was all about they baited and goaded and yes. brought them in and then you know so president trump is using all that remains of a constitutional system within a post constitutional environment he's using all of that to advance the fight to take back the country. So, you know, he's waiting for that November election. Let us see what happens. It will be up to the Democrats and, and, and the deep state to cancel that election. If, if, if President Trump had taken the bait, if the Patriots had taken the bait yeah. and gone, they could have declared a martial law and canceled the November election, you know? They can still cancel it. They can do all sorts of things. But the point is, 
that every step that they are taking is delegitimizing them to more yes. and more and more people. It is yes. no longer the 74 or 80 million people that voted for President Trump in 2020. I think the num numbers are now, you know, twice as many as yeah. what voted voted for uh, mm -hmm. President Trump in 2020. And those numbers are going to increase because the delegitimation of the yes. deep They're state is... That's why we give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves. Precisely. While we, while we pray for President Trump and his people, yes. particularly for him and his safety, because his safety is now paramount. 100%. It's absolutely paramount. 100%. Where yes. we are concerned in Canada, where the reality is we don't have any leader around whom the people can rally. I mean, Maxime is there, but mm -hmm. Maxime is also one who has been deplatformed everywhere. Yes. You know, yes. Uh, so Maxime is there with us, our voices, but, you know, we don't have. And all our institutions are basically globalists, that is, Bolshevik and communist. Yes. There is no exception anymore. And that is where the people, for all sorts of reasons, Canadians well, are not awakened to. And that's why I work so hard doing what I do and why we're going to hit the road and, and do what we do. It's just, uh, absolutely. We, have no choice. we have to do it. Absolutely. Yep. absolutely. All right, my friend. Well, I'm going to call it a, a night here tonight. Um, another fantastic discussion and an important one. We'll stay, we'll keep everyone posted. We'll see what happens next week. I, I'm hoping I'll be around and be able to, we'll be able to do another one um, and, and we'll figure out what that conversation is going to be. Uh, okay. I'll be in touch, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You Good bet. night. Good night to everyone. Good night. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Another round with... Uh, my good friend Salim Mansour. Um, somebody asked in the chat a while ago about Marcus Ray. Yeah, we were scheduled to go on Tuesday, I think, but uh, Marcus had asked if we can push it up a day to Wednesday. And then as that happened, uh, I had to reschedule um, last night or the night before or whatever it was uh, just because things came up. And I'm, I don't have to mention why, but we've rescheduled to Sunday night. So hopefully Sunday night will work out. Um, and that's going to be a wrap for tonight. So I, I look forward to that discussion with Marcus on Sunday. And uh, yeah, tomorrow is in Moose Jaw at the music festival. It's 10, 10 kilometers or eight kilometers east of Moose Jaw. Uh, you'll see the big tent on the uh, left-hand side if you're planning on heading in that direction. Uh, it, should, it should be a good time. And then Sunday's in Saskatoon for the rally. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll start gearing up and, and hopefully uh, verifying some venues on our tour uh, through Alberta and BC. So uh, we'll keep you posted. Anyways, globalism bad nationalism good and uh, we'll see you guys next time god bless ciao
This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with and abusers.